Is it too late for Nike to start caring about resellers and bots? We'll get into that this week on Fire Footwear. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast. I am your host, Matty Ice. I welcome all sneaker lovers from all walks of life here. I hope that this is finding you well, and I hope that you had a great weekend. Last week, we talked about the Air Force One. The week before, we talked about the Jordan One. We've talked about the Jordan One Mid. We've talked about what it means to be an old head. Basically, we have spent the entirety of the return of this show going back in time and examining what happened in the past. And the reason why I think that that is important is because I believe that if you are a sneaker lover today, no matter when you came into the game, it is always important to understand the past. And I think that that actually feeds directly into what I want to talk about today. And in the cold open of the show, I talked about, is it too late for Nike to start caring about resellers and bots? And why is that? You probably are thinking to yourself, resellers and bots have been around for a long time. They're just sort of a part of the fabric of being a sneaker collector, a sneaker lover. And it's really just something that we have to live with. I find it interesting because Nike recently made some headlines, at least in the sneaker community, and I guess in the business community too, because this does kind of affect business as a whole, or at least in terms of economics, especially now when the economy has been in the crapper for the last few months. And that's not a judgment on whoever's president and anything about politicians. I have a lot of opinions about politicians that I spew forth on Drip, Trip and Spill, my other podcast. But for this particular instance, I do think that it is interesting because the economy, the stock market, it's all down. And of course, Nike is taking a hit to their bottom line with how the economy is today. But Nike made headlines by basically saying that they are going to now crack down on resellers and bots and they are going to impose penalties to those folks or those accounts who they deem to be resellers and bots. There's a lot of caveats to this, not many of which that we know how it's going to work or the fine details of how it's going to work. But essentially, it seems that they are going to be cracking down on Nike.com, on the sneakers app and anything done online in terms of Nike's presence. And what are they going to do? Well, apparently they're going to try and flag purchases that seem to be made in an automated fashion. They're going to crack down on people making returns. They're going to have restock fees. All these sorts of things are going to be baked into the Nike experience that haven't been baked in before. I find it interesting because it comes now at a time where it seems as if resale has taken a cool down a little bit. And why do I say that it's taken a cool down when most episodes I talk about how it's impossible to get the sneakers that we love? And that is mostly true. But I think what you are seeing is an oversaturation of the market in terms of certain silhouettes. And I think the Jordan 1 is 100% one of those silhouettes. I think the Nike Dunk is slowly creeping into that territory as well. We're seeing so many general releases. We're seeing so many similar colorways or at least similar color blocking. Honestly, I think what we are seeing is the fact that people are just tired of paying resale. It really doesn't pay to be a reseller anymore. It doesn't pay to put the kind of financial resources and time resources into making bots so that you yourself can get as many pairs of shoes so that you can flip them for the maximum amount of profit as possible. Nike has been turning a blind eye to a lot of this, and I find it interesting, but I kind of went back. We talked earlier about how we went back into the past when coming back from this hiatus that I was on, and we looked at a lot of the silhouettes of the past and tried to understand a little bit in a very, very small way, the history of sneaker culture and the shoes that are within it, because the shoes are obviously a huge maximum part of the experience. Obviously the culture aspect adds to that as well, but the shoes are part of the experience. 
When you think about reselling, you think about two places. You think about Goat and StockX. And these are companies that were founded in 2015, 2016 timeframe. And they were founded as a way for folks to be able to get the sneakers that they wanted, that they weren't able to get on the open market and be able to get them on the open market, but at a much higher price. And what they allowed for folks to do was essentially scalp sneakers. Now, I wanna say this, and I wanna say this as clearly as I can, because I think fundamentally speaking, when I speak about reselling and when I speak about resellers, I generally paint it in a negative way. And that's not really what I want to do. And it's not really my goal. It's not really my aim. What I aim to do is point out the fact that a commodity like sneakers, something that is so commonplace in our world that we need to survive because mostly we wear shoes everywhere. And the fact that something like sneakers, which is a, a personal choice or a personal fashion choice that you are choosing, even though it is part of a larger culture, the fact that it is asking such high prices from folks, I thought was kind of ridiculous because to me, it doesn't feel like something that should garner thousands of our dollars. Now, I think that resale makes a lot of sense for a lot of shoes that are old and a lot of shoes that they are not reissuing anytime soon. Now, Jordan obviously is well known for retroing old Jordans, OG Jordans, and there is something to be said about that. While it's not happening all the time, the experience is happening often enough that those of us who have been a part of the culture for a while should have some opportunity to be able to get the shoes that we want. What I find on the open market in terms of resale is that a lot of these OG Jordans don't really go for all that much more than their retail price. I have a pair of the red or black and red Jordan 4s, one of my favorite shoes of all time. I managed to cop them on the sneakers app while I was driving in 2019. It's a great pair. And if I wanted to get another pair and wanted to double up, looking recently, the prices weren't all that crazy. What we generally tend to find is that the hype pieces, and we talked about what is hype, but the hype pieces generally tend to be the most expensive because one, they're the most exclusive, and two, obviously there's a ton of hype around them in terms of people buzzing and wanting them. They're coveted. But there's a lot of old shoes that are never going to be reissued. They have a place in collector's lore, and people want to be able to get their hands on those shoes. And for a lot of folks, those sneakers are currency, much like cigarettes are currency in a prison. Sneakers becomes currency in a larger part of society where if you have an old pair, let's say that you have two pairs of the Diamond Supply or the Tiffany Dunk Lows. Those are never going to be reissued. Sure, you can get a rep pair of them, but those are not nearly worth what a retail pair is. To a collector, a vintage pair of those, whether used or not, is worth the price. It is worth being able to get a pair of those. now. Obviously, the resale market is mostly dead stock shoes, but there is used shoes that you can get on GOAT. I don't believe they have that on StockX, although I, to be fair, I don't really shop that much on StockX. And of course, you can go to other places for resale like eBay and so forth, but the legitimacy of those shoes is certainly in question. And the other thing that's interesting about resale is at the time in 2015, the sneakers app debuted and the sneakers app was seen as a way for people to have better access to a lot of the shoes in the culture. And sneakers right now is probably one of the most hated on things in all of sneaker culture. And why? Because most people find it to be a joke, that it's hypocritical. It tells you that you have a better chance of getting a shoe. But what we know, and let's take a Travis Scott shoe, for example. When 2 million people are using the sneakers app on a Saturday or a Thursday or whatever it is that the release date of a shoe is, try and get the shoe that they want. We all know that there is no way that Nike is making 2 million pairs of those. 
we all can't eat at the same table from the same meal. And just economics and sheer numbers are going to dictate that none of us are going to be able to eat here. It's just not the way that it works. And so the sneakers app, while well-intended, certainly didn't have the execution that I think that Nike was hoping for. So all these things happen around the same time. And really what you've seen is an incremental increase in resale, an incremental increase in the coveted nature of these shoes, the scalping aspect of these shoes. And then of course, when the pandemic hit, those of us who are at home, who had nothing else better to do, tried to eat up and collect as many sneakers as possible. It's really, really amazing. When you think about the sneaker market in 2019, and I use the Travis Scott 4s, the blue Houston Oilers Travis Scott 4 as my sort of example of how sneaker culture went from what it was to what it is today. Prior to that, if I wanted a pair of those, it was around $800 in my size, and I'm a size 12. Now it's almost triple the price of that. Part of that is because that shoe is now four years old, but also part of that is because the market in general just went crazy. Now, if you're an economics major or somebody who knows anything about just standard issue economics, you know that something is worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. And what ended up being inserted into this game was profit. It ended up becoming a profitable endeavor for you to become a reseller, to put the kind of resources into creating bots, to going to every single release, doing anything that you could to try and get the shoes because you knew that it was going to be possibly thousands of dollars. But what we have seen now is that has cooled off. And even though scalping is at an all-time high and you can use PlayStation 5, people are still selling those things for $800, $900. That has cooled down. I think what has happened, though, is as we have reinserted ourselves back into the world, the pandemic at large is really over. COVID-19 obviously is still out there, but the pandemic is over. And I think what we have realized is that resources are not scarce anymore. And these sneaker companies held it over us that everybody was salivating for shoes. So, of course, they released as many as they could. They flooded the market and they made it so that we were all competing with each other. They really took away the essence of sneaker culture. And now that Nike has profited to the maximum ability. And at one point, as a stockholder of Nike, it was at almost $180 a share. And the last time I looked today, it was under $90 a share, which is not quite what I bought it for. It's a little higher than that. But think about that. $100 a share almost has been lost. And why? It's not just the economy. It's because people have cooled off in such a way that there is actual stock sitting in the shelves at warehouses at Nike. And I've seen them. You go on Nike.com now. Maybe not a full-size run, but you are able to get certain sizes from certain pairs of Jordan 1 still today on Nike.com. And that right there has incentivized Nike to get into the business of policing resale. The big question, though, in the room on all of this is that how are they going to do it? Because right now we have switched paradigms in the middle of the pandemic. What once was first come, first serve, you had to get lucky to even get through. And as messy as that was, they turned it into a raffle. And I will say this, the raffle, while it seemed as if it gave a fair advantage equally to everybody, we all know that because it's a raffle, more people have the ability to get in, which means you're actually less likely to get the shoes that you want. If you knew what you were doing before raffles, you were able to use different websites, use different tricks with Chrome and so forth, and be able to get in and cart and do all these things before other people could. You had an advantage if you knew what you were doing, if you could sort of game the loopholes in the technological system in order to get your shoes. Now, some of us would do that because we were members of Soul Savvy, we had some insider info, or we just kind of knew what we were doing, but we had to show up and be there on time in order to get it. The sneakers app ended up being, you have 10 minutes to show up. 
So really, it's not that much of a more fair procedure. It's just the most fair procedure because of all the complaining that people were doing about not being able to get through, the app crashing, the site crashing, all that stuff. And now Nike is going to try to somehow legislate morality in this case. Resellers have been doing their business now for six years. They have made so much money. So many people have made a living. They're going to be able to live and almost retire off the amount of money that they have made in selling shoes, the profits that they have brought home. And not all of those folks were doing it with bots. Not all of those folks were doing it nefariously. Some of them were doing it with their own brains and their own time. This is capitalism. This is what we do here in America. It's a society that has its trials and its pitfalls. It allows for folks to be able to earn money, create businesses, and basically attain the American dream. Now, the American dream is in quotes, and that's not what we're talking about here. But my point being is that we have allowed this to happen. Capitalism has allowed this to happen. And now Nike's going to come in here and basically say, okay, now that we've eaten for the last few years, it's time that we show you the sneaker lover, which is who is really listening to this podcast, that we care about you and that we care about the people getting the shoes who want to wear them. I find all of this very self-serving on Nike's part because they've had the ability and the technology and the money to address this long before today. And what they're trying to do is basically take a victory lap as a big company to help their stock prices go up and to help their relationship with sneaker culture, the morale of sneaker culture to go up because, hey, look, Nike and Jordan brand now care about us. And those people like me who have found themselves marginalized are going to feel better about this. I don't feel better about this because I feel like this is Nike realizing that they're running out of runway with the resale market that people aren't just going to drop everything that they're doing to get every single pair of shoes. And I think what they're staring at is lost profit and they want to continue that profit train. I say this a lot about businesses when it comes to what they show you in the public space. What companies show us in the public space is one thing. What we need to be paying attention to, much like in The Wizard of Oz, is the man or woman behind the curtain. What are they doing behind closed doors? Where these CEOs are talking about things like Black Lives Matter, but what you see is that they're donating to Trump-related Republican candidates or Trump himself when he ran for president twice. That's the doing. Those are the actions. And Nike here is taking an action, but they're taking it way too late. The damage is already done. And I don't understand how they're going to do this. I feel like what's going to happen is much like the sneakers app has turned into, Nike is going to put all of these things in place. They're going to try to make it fair. They're going to make it seem like they care about us. And what's going to happen is people like me are finally going to hit on the sneakers app, which by the way, has happened like three times in four years. And then we're going to be labeled as a reseller. We're going to have our orders canceled. I just don't understand how it's going to work and how they're going to fairly figure out which people are doing things or not. Obviously, there's going to be obvious tells if somebody is automating things, if these purchases are going through and there's no personal touch to them because there's no CAPTCHA or anything like that on the sneakers app, at least that I have seen. There is in a lot of other places, like a lot of these boutiques that are using Shopify. I've already figured this out. Union and Ama Manier have figured this out to the point that their drops, while still very difficult to get because the demand is very high, you don't feel like you're going to lose out to a plethora of bots. Like some of these boutiques, they have nothing. They have no anti-bot and the bots just sweep everything out the door. And now they had little stock to begin with, but you see my point here. And again, the resale market has also created another avenue in sneakers known as the rep market. And it's something that I discovered because of the frustrating nature of sneaker culture and just being able to obtain what I wanted. 
And the rep market now has opened up this new space where you have people who understand that their money is better spent doing replica sneakers. And again, your mileage may vary as to what you believe or what you want to do. And I've said here on this platform, and I will continue to say this until the end of time, there is zero judgment of how anybody wants to participate in sneakers. To me, if I look at a pair of sneakers and I know that they're legitimate, cool. If I look at a pair of sneakers that look nearly identical, if not for little minute things that only the trained eye could find, I don't actually care if they're replica or not. I have a mixture downstairs because there are some shoes that I just friggin' want. And I don't buy into the idea that just because resale is so high that I somehow have to spend my life savings on it. It's not a matter of being able to afford it. It's choosing not to spend that kind of money. I would rather spend my money on other things that give me happy and bring me joy. And I would rather spend a much more moderate price for a very high quality product in the replica market. But I don't care if you do or don't. I accept everybody for who they are in this space. That's the whole point of this show. Your stories don't have to be retail or not. If you're a collector, great. If you have resale stories, fine. Or if you're just somebody like me who likes it, wears it, moves on with his day, you're welcome here also. But the resale market has created this sort of three-way dichotomy in the space. And there's so much infighting. And I think Nike is trying to put an end to this because they see some of their profit margins going down. And at the end of the day, Nike, Jordan brand, Adidas, Yeezy, whatever the sneaker company, their number one priority is their bottom line. I just want everybody to remember that. Whether you have the shoes that you want or whether you're still trying to find them, every single company involved in sneaker culture 100% is about fixing and making sure their bottom line is as high as it can be. That will always be their motivation. So no matter what Nike does on the resale front, on the bot front, it really doesn't matter. Behind closed doors, they're doing everything and planning everything because those executives want the maximum amount of money in their pockets at the end of the day. How do you feel about what Nike has put forth? Are you excited about this? Do you feel as if there is a little hope on the horizon? Does it change anything for you? Just because I'm skeptical of it and it doesn't change my outlook doesn't mean that you can't be excited about it. I want people to feel excited about sneakers because they love sneakers. And if this is something that you feel gives you that small modicum of hope, great. Feel that hope, soak it up, smoke that hope, and get out there and try to get the shoes that you want. Before I get you out of here, please support MattyIceMedia.com, the other podcasts that we have as a part of the network. I just want to say as well, we popped on the Apple podcast charts again, number 121 in the hobbies subcategory. It's unbelievable. The support that you have lent for the show, it humbles me. But if you're listening and you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you have yet to hit that follow button, please, please do so because that right there is what keeps us popping on the charts. And if you want to go down to the bottom and give us a few stars, I would love to see that. And of course, no matter where you're listening, please hit follow, please hit subscribe, whatever is applicable. As long as you listen, that's all that I care about. So I hope that this finds you well, and I hope that you have a great rest of your week. This is Fire Footwear. The opinions and viewpoints on Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast, are those of Matt Freights and his guests, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.